Did you, you hear that this side? <laughs> if you need encouragement, encourage people. Just between us, sometimes when I'm the least encouraged, I will encourage people. Um, and I guarantee you, some of you wouldn't have even known I needed encouragement. Because the word says, when you encourage, you will be encouraged. Do you understand the wealth of the kingdom we sit with? And because we sit with it, the enemy comes and, and agrees with us in the wrong sense. So we sit with that problem. If you're weak in an area, the Bible says, he's strong. We need to find his strength in our weakness. So if you're feeling down, depressed, what do you do? Go encourage someone. Do the opposite of what you feel. Because your emotions can be deceptive. So go do the opposite of what you feel. If it's a negative thing that you emotionally experience. Amen. Is it hot in here? I'm getting very hot. and we've dealt with this already that I do the will of Satan I do the will of the enemy as a believer alright so that is when I sit with, with hurts I've seen this I've, I've, I've seen many 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 people uh, uh, that actually sit with hurts and that have never been restored and healed and because of offense and hurt um, sickness has come into people's lives um, breakdown of relationships, um, wherever, you know, the thing is this, um, wherever there is loss, destruction, or something like that, we know who's responsible. You understand? So whenever there's the fruit of all these things, whether it is loss, etc., etc., um, destruction, death, whatever, we know it is not God. We know this is the fruit of what the enemy does, because that's his footprints that he leaves. Um, the sad thing is that is that um, what I've seen so many times is, and, and this is also to understand this, uh, you know, if the Word of God says that, that the foundations which are laid by the apostolic and the prophetic, um, it is very things that are done deep in the ground. It's done deep in the ground of our heart, deep in our lives. But um, so when we build deep into people's lives, what actually happens is that things are exposed in that. And people many times don't like that. So as soon as you start building the life of someone, things are exposed. And if people are still sitting with hurts and offenses, when you start digging and opening and revealing and exposing, not to shame but to redeem, people sometimes hold on to the hurt or the shame or the offense. And when they hold on to the hurt or the shame or the offense, they actually empower the lie and the devourer. All right? So pretty much look at the fruit. Jesus said, well, look at the fruit of what we have in our lives. Then we have to see, well, does the enemy have access in my life and through what does he have then access? Yes, 
bad things happen to good people as well. Understand that because we know there is an enemy. But the thing is, what I see over years and years and that is that where, where many times believers are coming to the body of Christ and as soon as you start digging in, forming and laying those foundations according to the word, things get exposed and suddenly people hold on to that what is familiar. Now remember, familiar spirit is something that is familiar. And until that is gone, you don't know the difference. So sometimes we hold on to the hurts and offenses and we actually um, empower these things in our lives. And as soon as, as, soon as we start uh, uh, discipling and, and nurturing people, things come out and suddenly people run. Why? Because that's the fruit of fear. So when people run away, they, they fear and they flee. Remember, what, how does fear manifest? By fighting, by freezing, by fleeing. So many times, as soon as uh, in the body of Christ, when through the love of Christ that we actually want to form and disciple people, what many times happens is because of hurts and offenses, is that people run. That's how it works. That's the fruit. And God is really serious about to do things in that. So um, remember this. The work of the evangelist is what? Is to equip and train. But what does he do? He brings people to Christ. What is the work of the apostolic? Is to form Christ now in people. And so many times um, there will be ministries that are formed based on bringing people to Christ, which is amazing. I mean, the most amazing thing. But then there's a work of forming Christ in people. And that is why Paul says, you'll be regarded as human decrement. There's another word actually is in the translation. Human feces. There's another stronger word I wish I won't use. That you'll be regarded when you actually do this work. So, guess what? Sometimes you will not be liked or loved. <laughs> if they hated Jesus, some, you'll also be hated. If you're persecuted for, for standing for righteousness, Jesus was persecuted, you'll be persecuted. So God is serious about really just restoring and to see people reconciled back to God as well as in the family of God. Because there's come such separation in the local churches across the world. That's why there's more online things happening than local fellowships. Is many times based on not logistical things, because sometimes there is that factor. But it is because of hurts and offenses. And Jesus is serious about that his life is being transformed or is being formed in us. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Now, I want to just continue with some of the things I've touched on. Um, please go and listen to the previous messages if you need to catch up. I've touched on a lot of things in that. So I've touched on about people like being offended by uh, brothers and that I referred to Joseph's life. I referred to the thing of where in ministry or leaders or your boss or your team leader, where you've been offended by your father, your mother, and how uh, even David, because he uh, Saul said, that you're actually my son. So um, even people in father figures or authority figures in business, whatever, and you've been offended and hurt. But how to keep your heart right. Remember, it still blows my mind how David, after, you know, had opportunities twice to kill Saul, and we know the stories where, 
um, at the end where Saul dies and that. And then uh, David actually says, listen to all his men. I want you to write a love song to Saul. Because he honored, he honored the he honored the position that God had put Saul in, even though Saul was misbehaving. He honored the authority of that position. Okay? And we dealt with this. So, and this morning I want to just go a bit further and uh, I want to just touch on the thing of the, uh, and speak about the unpayable debt. The unpayable debt. Because if we understand that there's an unpayable debt that has to be paid and who pays it, then we'll also understand something more about forgiveness. We spoke about um, in Luke 17.1, we refer to Luke 17.1 that says, it is impossible that no offense should come. Guess what? Guaranteed offense will come. But either I step into the trap and we spoke to you about how that offense is a trap. That if we step into offense, the enemy has access into our lives and through our lives. So it is guaranteed that offense is going to come to you, to me. And we've referred to people's lives that is normally the closest people from whom offense will come. That's why it hurts so much. Okay? So I said, who's never been hurt or offended? Just... Raise your hands. Okay, no hands. No hands online. I don't see any hands there. So, uh, but offense will come. You, there will be hurts. It's going to come, but will you step into the trap of being offended? Remember, we spoke about the word, the Greek word, the escalon, which actually means a, a, like a bird trap, a stick that holds a trap. And if you step into it, it's pulled. That's the word, actually, that comes out for being offended or hurt. Okay. So, God wants us to actually escape this trap of being offended. And uh, what you and I do with offense determines our future. So, there's many people that are in prison or their own, or actually captives as believers. Many, many that are captives. And there's this, the feeling of Christianity, whether involved in a local church or maybe you're not involved in a local church whatever but sometimes people are still captive and this is a sad thing so either you're going to become stronger or you actually become more bitter that's one thing i've seen about offense because you empower something what you submitting to hello have a look someone who's got hurt and offended they either empowered and it's almost like they become worse Remember, it becomes demonically inspired later. Okay, so whenever you encounter offense, will you come out of it changed? How are you going to respond will determine, are you going to change? Um, you know, some people might say, uh, you don't know what you did to me. You've heard that? I've heard that. You just don't know what, you know. And, oh, what did I do? Did I say something wrong? And I mean, it might have been a joke. I've, it's even happened with me. You know, you might as a joke, but because of the person sitting with offense and hurt is like, like uh, you know, fuel on the flames. Like, 
You don't know what, or you might be speaking to someone and they will tell you, but you just don't know what. It's almost like I justify the reason why I'm so bitter and so ugly in that because you don't know what happened to me. I've, I've seen that. I've heard that. So, you know, no, you and I don't know what happened maybe to that person. But you know what? Jesus does know what happened. That's the difference. So, an offended Christian is actually someone who has forgotten what they have been forgiven. What they have been forgiven of. So if you offended and hurt, you actually have forgotten what you and I have been forgiven of. And I want to dive into that a bit this morning. So you can have a look in Matthew 18. You can turn with me there. I'll just refer to some scripture. But I'm going to give you the story. You know the story pretty well. So Matthew 18, this entire um, chapter actually goes about offenses. Okay, So um, we know that the disciples, yeah, they were always competing. Who's the greatest in the kingdom? Who's the greatest? Remember this? You know, is it Peter? Oh, I'm the greatest. You know, who's the greatest? And... Um, so they start speaking about this, and then um, this is how this chapter goes about oh, who's the greatest in the kingdom and that. And Jesus, the whole time, he's not speaking about who's the greatest in the kingdom yet. He's speaking about forgiveness. Okay? So these, these disciples, now remember, these disciples of Jesus were raised under the law. Now, living and being raised under the law is like an eye for an eye, tooth for the tooth. That was the law. So remember their worldview and understanding of, you know, if someone does wrong to you, you do to them. That's how it works. So they were raised up in this. And then Peter says to Jesus, he, he goes, <laughs> Peter, oh, he stands there. Uh, Peter says to Jesus, he says, oh, but you know, if my brother does me wrong seven times and I forgive him, is that enough? Okay, someone's done something once, twice, three times, seven times to you. Is that enough? Do I still forgive him? And then Jesus tells Peter. He goes and tells Peter. He says, no, no. Forgive 70 times seven. All right? 70 times seven. Now, in the Gospel of Luke, it actually says there, um, it says there that... Uh, um, He says, in one day, forgive 70 times 7. So in the Luke's gospel, it says that. Forgive 70 times 7, which is 490 times. Which works out pretty much every three minutes a day. That you, you, that you forgive someone and they say, I forgive you. Every three minutes. Okay? So... Um, so for you sin, so, so say you sin uh, 490 times in one day, okay, three minutes, just think of the three minutes. So what is actually Jesus saying? What is he saying? He's actually saying, Peter, your forgiveness needs to be just like your heavenly fathers. How's our heavenly fathers? It's inexhaustible. That's what he's trying to tell Peter. I mean, I heard people saying, yeah, but I, I have forgiven, like, I mean, it's only 490 times a day, and I've forgiven this person because I thought, he's trying to sh say, listen, but you forgive like our Father. 
which is inexhaustible, his forgiveness. And then what Jesus does to explain what he says, he goes and he tells the story. And he speaks about, Jane Matthew 18, about the story. And he says that there is this great kingdom and there's this great king. And uh, he speaks about how this, this, this king in this kingdom had all these servants and they owed him, they owed him money. They owed him, all right? And then basically what happens is that one of these servants that uh, were actually brought before the king in this kingdom. And he owed the king in this kingdom 10,000 talents. Okay. Now, what is a talent? Um, a talent is not a measure of money. All right? But a talent is a measure of weight. Okay. So... Pretty much what it means, a talent is the amount a person, a man could carry in a day. All right? It's a measure of how much a man could carry. How much is a talent? A talent in kilograms works out to about 34.2 kilograms according to Bible. the Bible. It works about 34.2 kilos is what a talent, what a man could carry. Okay. So... Listen to me. This servant owes the king. Do you know how many kilograms then? So the talent is not money. It is the measure of weight that a man can carry. So he owes this king 25,000, sorry, 25,650,000 kilograms. Not 32 34.2 kilos, which is a, a, a talent which you could carry in a day. What he owes is 25,650,000 kilograms of what? In these times, the way things were measured in, if it came to uh, a debt, we can assume it was either gold or silver. Because that was the measurement that things were weighed for money. Okay, so because that was the medium of exchange in that time. So it was either gold or silver, that weight. Now, um, I was actually working out to present amounts because our gold price changes and silver prices daily. But pretty much at the moment it was, could have changed it a bit now from last week or this past week, but pretty much um, for one ounce, uh, for one ounce of gold, it is 20,392 rand for one ounce of gold. Okay? So, 25,650,000 kilograms is equal to how many, uh, how much in rands? What he says here, what he owed the king was in Rand's term, was 247 billion Rand he owed. 247 billion Rand this person owed the king. All right, so um, what Jesus is doing, Jesus is likening this king to God the Father, firstly, because we were forgiven for the unpayable debt. We were forgiven the unpayable debt. 
In Colossians chapter 3, you can have a look there. Um, it says this, that there's different translations, but it speaks about this, how Jesus was hung on the cross. And it says, Jesus took the note of debt and nailed it to the cross. Jesus took the note of debt and nailed it to the cross. The unpayable debt. Okay? So Jesus literally paid the unpayable debt. He paid it. He took that what you now owed. The unpayable debt. We couldn't pay it. And he nailed it to the cross. So, a person who cannot forgive is a person who has forgotten what they have been forgiven of. If you cannot forgive, you have forgotten what you have been forgiven of. An unpayable debt. What we deserved... Guess what? We all deserve to burn in hell, to be eaten by worms 24 hours a day, 24-7, and to be burning forever and forever and forever and forever without end. I told you before, hell was never meant for any human. Hell is actually being created. By the way, hell doesn't exist. There is a place we speak of hell, but hell, the lake of fire is actually busy being, will be, that's where the devil and his angel will be thrown in. But there is a place that we go to if you're not in Christ that is like hell that we refer to. These Greek words and these Hebrew words. So whether it's Guiana, uh, but it is a place that you don't want to be. Let's just put it that way. It is a place of absolute hell. All right, so um, what Adam, so when Adam actually sinned against God, God the Father could have actually looked and he could have actually said to Jesus, you know, when Adam and Eve sinned, he could have said, you know what, let's just, you know, create another, go to another, you know, create another universe and create another uh, plan and purpose with people that actually would love us and would want to worship us, Okay. And, um, you know, let this lot just burn in hell. He could have. He could have done that. But Jesus came. And what Jesus did is he died for us. And Jesus dying for us got us out of what we actually deserved. Okay? So... God still chose that way. He could have said, I could, I'll create a new people. Whatever. But, but Jesus came and he paid that price, okay, for what we actually deserved, he paid for. The problem we have today is that, um, is as Christians, we categorize sins. You know, we categorize sins. And we speak of big sins and small sins. You heard that before? So, you know, the big sins we might speak of, you know, is like uh, adultery or um, murder or stealing or witchcraft. But then we have what we call the weaknesses, the small sins, like unforgiveness and gossip and strife. Do you know that in Proverbs chapter 6, you can have a look there, it speaks about the seven, uh, basically it, it says, uh, these six things the Lord hates, and the seventh 
is an abomination to him. Right? Do you know that on those seven things, adultery wasn't there? Look, we don't agree with any adultery or stuff, but, um, and we don't justify any adultery. But what it says there, interestingly, is that the seventh one on the list that God uh, says is an abomination. It is those who sow discord among brethren. Ish. He doesn't even mention like adultery or whatever. This is, he, this is in Proverbs 6. He, he's referring to these things. And the seventh one, an abomination before God is when, when there is discord among brethren. Now, do you know what we need to do is actually treat gossip the way that you actually treat adultery. And um, we'll probably get delivered when we start treating it the right way. Um, the way we treat unforgiveness, we need to treat the way you would treat murder. And you'll probably get delivered as well. All right? So, it's so important to know how great Jesus' forgiveness is for us. Okay? Um, that's why a person who cannot forgive is someone who has forgotten what they have been forgiven of. You know, um, Billy Graham used to say a thing, used to say, if you take a little rock and uh, throw it into a lake, the little rock or stone will sink to the bottom at the same speed as a big rock. So whatever we consider as a sin will go to the bottom of the lake as quick as what we consider a big sin. All right? So, you know, Jesus paid this price. Jesus paid the price for your and my sin, which includes unforgiveness. He paid for that. So yeah, we see this in, in Matthew 18. The guy uh, which was forgiven of the unpayable debt goes out and what he does is he finds a fellow servant who actually owes him 100 denarii. Now 100 denarii was one day's wage. So if I, this guy who's forgiven the unforgivable debt finds a guy who owes him money now. Day's wage. Now, a day's wage, if you want to work out, say, taking away uh, Saturdays and Sundays, and you take a year, it's probably about 100 days working that someone works. It's a third. Okay? If you work on that. That a person works is about a, a third. So, a, a third of, or, you know, a, a, um, of 100 days, uh, um, you know, um, a day's wage. So I owed him a third of a year's salary, if you want to look at it. It's, it's a lot of money. A third of a year's salary. So this guy owed a third, 100 denarii, which is like a third of a year's salary, owed to the guy who could not pay, he had an unpayable debt. Okay? Um, so this is a lot of money. And what Jesus goes and he does, he's communicating 
is that uh, that he communicating is the brother did him in bad. He says, you know, this guy did this, this, this guy did this guy bad. In you know, he, he owed a lot of money, and um, what what happens is, but in comparison, this amount of a hundred denarii is nothing compared to 247 billion rand. A third of a year's wages. You can't compare it to how much billions and billions that is owed. And um, so a person who cannot forgive has actually forgotten what they have been forgiven of. Um, so he will not forgive or release his servant. He didn't want to do it. He didn't want to forgive or he did not want to release his servant. So what he does is he grabs the servant and he throws him in prison until he can pay his debt. Nice, eh? All right. So, do you know what? This is what happens when you refuse to forgive. You put someone in your prison until they pay you. And guess what? You yourself become a judge. And Jesus says, do not judge. Okay? James, in the book of James, says, do not judge. So, when the fellow servants saw what he did, they went and told the king. So, they go and tell the king, this is what happened. And uh, the king then says to the servant, he says to him, the one that he actually you know, forgave, he says, you wicked Servant. So this guy is a servant in the kingdom. And the guy that, that he never forgave was a fellow servant. Okay? He's a fellow servant. Now, in Matthew 18.33, Matthew 18.33, it says, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you. That's what Jesus, well, the king in the kingdom says. You know? So Jesus is telling the story. So the Bible actually commands us to forgive just as we've been forgiven. Okay, So just as God through Christ forgave you and me. In verse 34, it says here, Matthew 18, 34, it says, And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers. Do you know what the torturers are? Demonic spirits. Ah. Didn't we learn that earlier on? When you don't forgive, it's the trap of the enemy. You actually become an agent of the devil. The devil affects you and works through you. So people that have not forgiven live a life that is very been, has been tortured by the demonic. I knew people like that. Very close. You see, this is why people who refuse to forgive are tormented. And they constantly are tormented. 
Who's seen people like that that are hurt and bitter and have it's like they, they it's like what's going on? It's like a storm always around them. Everything is bad. So they get to- constantly tormented. Tormented until he should pay all his due. This is the unpayable debt. So Jesus would wait for people to come afterwards and ask, you know, um, what does this mean? Normally when Jesus gave a parable or story, he would always wait and afterwards they come and say, oh, oh what were you referring to? Do you know that, that this is the only story in all four Gospels that Jesus gives the interpretation without being asked the parable? Because he wanted everyone to understand this. Okay? And then he goes and he says, this is the interpretation. And he says, so, in verse 35, so my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespass. Did you hear what he said? He said his brother. He's speaking about believers. Okay? Do you know that there are more scriptures in the New Testament about people who do not forgive um, and will not be forgiven by God than a person who murders, will not be forgiven. (laughs) There's more scriptures about, in the New Testament, about people who have not forgiven than there is about murderers that must be forgiven in the New Testament. Some of the scriptures we've read, and whenever you stand praying, Remember, whenever you stand praying, we dealt with it in some of the first messages. You know, whether you leave your altar and go sort out with your brother, or if you know your brother has something against you, you know, we refer to that. But, and when you stand praying, do sinners stand praying? Generally not. Okay. So, in Mark 11, you can have a look at Mark 11, 25 and 26. Mark 11, 25 and 26. If you have anything against anyone, forgive. So that your Father in heaven, okay? So that your Father in heaven forgives, okay? If God, okay? So if God, uh, sorry, let me ask this. Is God Father of the sinner? No. He's not. All right? But He is God to the sinner. And He is Father to the child who has a covenant through Jesus Christ. You understand? If you're born again and you, you've given your life to Jesus, you have a covenant with God, He is your Father. If you're a sinner, He's never your Father until you got saved. He's only God to you. He can only be your Father if you've been adopted in the family of God when you get saved and born again. You with me? You still there? All right, good. So, um, but if you do not forgive, 
neither will your father, okay? Neither will your father in heaven forgive your trespasses. So he's speaking yet to believers. This was one week before Jesus was crucified. He was speaking, saying this. He was paying the ultimate price. You understand that? Paying the unpayable debt. One week before this. He's sharing this message. In Matthew chapter 6, um, speak of the Lord's Prayer, it says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. Ish. Do you understand how many Christians are actually held captive by what they choose? So this is really, guys, I'm saying, and those who are online listening, those who will be listening message later, those who couldn't be here today as well, I want to say to you, make sure that you're not sitting with hurts and offenses. If there's hurts, God wants to restore you. God wants to heal you. The first message I said that God's called us to reconciliation. We've been called to reconcile man back to God. We've been called to reconcile with one another. This is what we're called to do. All right? So, one of the, I say, the major, major entries the enemy has in the kingdom or in the church is through offended and hurt Christians. All right? So, The book of Luke says, forgive and you will be forgiven. Matthew 6 here, we said, and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. So it's the same as like, you know, and and I want to say this. Sometimes someone's done something wrong to you. And you're sitting with that hurt. But I want to say to you, when you take that hurt and you start, remember forgiveness forgiveness is not based on how you feel. It's not based on how you feel. Because if I feel, ah, I'm hurt. If I make a decision because of I I feel hurt, how am I going to forgive someone? I've got to choose it despite what I feel. So maybe I feel hurt, my emotions are really, I choose and again i say we can do it cerebral i just say with my head yes i forgive you but i need to forgive from my heart and say god you know this this really hurt me this i was so disappointed remember i said it's normally those that have been the are closest to you that hurt you the most but it's that thing of lord i forgive this person i release this person i bless this person you know how you actually know that you actually healed when you've been hurt and offended. Is about it comes in the way you start praying for those people. It's the way you start praying for those people. You don't pray against them; you pray for them. Some people might be hurt by your boss, by your father, by your brother, your sister, your child. 
It might be a loved one. It might be another brother, sister in the, in the local church. It might be someone in government. It might be people in politics. That's why I say we've been called to reconcile man back to God. How then you pray for people will determine what is in your heart. Do you pray against someone or do you pray for them? And when you pray for them, do you pray the blessing of the Lord on their lives? You see, because it is not that, remember I said last week, I think it was, I said, when we speak about judgment that comes, many times we think of when judgment is going to come in this government, we speak of calamity. We think of it. But is that judgment not that those people will actually get saved? Because, how do I know that? What is the Father's heart? God does not desire that anyone should perish, but that all should get saved. It is through his loving kindness, it is through his goodness that we come to repentance. Wow, it's a bit of a disparate, dis, yeah. different gospel that I'm sharing than many times we've heard. We need to love the hell out of people. So make sure what is in your heart. And God is looking for a bride without blemish, without wrinkle. And if we're sitting with unforgiveness and hurts in our hearts, guys, just remember not everyone who's in the church is part of the bride. I'm not speaking about who goes to heaven. I'm speaking about part of the bride. So may God have mercy on us. May God's grace abound in us. Amen. I want to just pray for you. I want to stand. And I want to pray for those uh, listening as well this morning and might be offended or might be offended or hurt because of, of a brother or sister, even in, 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 uh, uh, in, the, in the body of Christ. It might be someone afar off. Um, I want to just pray for you because God wants to do something significant in your life this morning. Um, just in a just as in the time of worship earlier this morning, I just had a vision of there are blockages in people's lives, and you know sometimes when there's a blockage and there's pressure, and I got a picture of this pipe with some scratches in the pipe. So that what blocks, and it's almost like under pressure, there's major stoppages in people's lives, and there's some things coming out, but the things that are coming out are a bit deformed. It's like when you push putty through uh, a certain mold, it comes out in a certain way if there's a blockage. But if it's open, it, there's a flow. And I just feel that God wants to remove blockages. And for those that are listening as well as the end, that if you need to really just forgive from the heart people and situations, that you do it. Because remember last week also shared about that there is a blessing of inheritance that God gives when you forgive. All right? Because he's the only judge. So, Father, I want to just pray for everyone online and listen to this message afterwards. I want to pray. Um, also for those here this morning, I want to pray, Lord, that there would be really just a deep work of this word in our hearts that will be healed and restored and delivered. Lord Jesus, you paid the unpayable debt. 
And Lord, no matter how difficult it is, I pray that you say your grace is sufficient for us. Your divine enablement is sufficient for us. And Father, I want to pray for that, that we would just step into the grace this morning and that we would just release and forgive people that have hurted us and disappointed us and our uh, effect on other people because of the hurts in us, Lord, where we, we spill the vomit over other people because of actually hurts and offenses from someone else. And Lord, I want to pray for just a breakthrough and release this morning as we forgive that we'll walk out our own prisons as captives and that we'll be set free to, to walk in a, a liberty in a new way, Lord. That there'll be such liberty that will come to us and in the body of Christ that we will run and rejoice, that we'll be a place of celebration because of what the Lord has done paying the unpayable debt. Father, I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, come and minister to each and every person in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Good. God bless.